0: Chapter Four of Mother's Nursery Tales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Mother's Nursery Tales by Catherine Pyle. Chapter Four. Jack the Giant Killer. There was once a stout Cornish lad named Jack. Who had trained himself in every sort of sport he could wrestle and throw and swim better than any other lad in the country indeed there were few even among the men who could equal him in strength and skill at that time there lived on an island just off the coast of cornwall a giant named cormoran the giant was the pest of the whole land he was twenty feet high and as broad as any three men People were so afraid of him, that when he waded over from his island to the mainland, they all ran and hid in their houses, and he carried off their flocks and herds as he chose, and asked no leave of anyone. Seven sheep he ate at a meal, and three oxen were not too much for him. There was much complaining through the land because of the way he wasted it. Now Jack was as bold as he was strong, and he made up his mind to free the people from this scourge of a giant. He waited for a dark night, when there was no moon, and then he swam from the mainland over to the island. The waves were high, and the water cold, but Jack paid no heed to that. He took with him a pick, a shovel, an axe, and a horn. As soon as he landed on the island he set to work, to dig a pit in front of the giant's cave, a pit both wide and deep. The giant was asleep, for Jack could hear him snoring in his cave, and so he knew nothing of what was being done by the brave lad. Toward morning the pit was finished, then Jack covered it over with branches, and scattered earth and stones over it, so that no one could have told it was any different from the ground around it. After that, he took his horn and blew a blast, both loud and long. The sound awakened the giant from his sleep, and he sprang to his feet and came stumbling out from his cave. He glared about him, and presently his eyes fell upon Jack. Miserable dwarf, he cried, is it you who has dared to disturb my sleep? Wait but a moment until I have my hands on you, and I will punish you as you deserve. Jack laughed aloud. I fear you not, he cried. And as for punishing me, you will find that easier said than done. The giant gave a cry of rage and sprang toward Jack. But no sooner did he step upon the branches that covered the pit than they gave way beneath him, and he fell down into the pit and broke his neck. There he lay without sound or motion, and seeing that he was dead, Jack left him where he lay and swam back to the mainland when the people learned that the giant was dead and would trouble them no more they went wild with joy jack was hailed as a hero and a belt was given him on which were letters of gold that read this is the gallant cornishman who killed the giant cormoran and now the lad was no longer called plain jack but jack the giant killer now many miles away in a deep forest there lived still another giant named blunderbore this giant was full as strong and great as cormoran had ever been when blunderbore heard how the cornish lad had killed cormoran and that now he was called jack the giant killer he was filled with rage he swore he would find jack and destroy him even as cormoran had been destroyed but jack was no whit afraid he had made up his mind to altogether free the land from giants and he wished nothing better than to try his wits with blunderbore so one day he took a stout oak in his hand and set out in search of the giant he walked along and walked along and after a while he came to a forest and there a cool spring bubbled up in the shade of the trees jack was hungry and thirsty and tired too so he sat him down by the spring and ate the bread and cheese he carried and drank the fresh water and then he stretched himself out and went to sleep he had not been long asleep when the giant blunderbore came by that way blunderbore was very much surprised to see a youth lying there and sleeping quietly beside his fountain for none ever before had dared to venture here into this forest for fear of him he saw a glitter of gold letters upon a belt the lad wore and stooping he read the words this is the gallant cornishman who slew the giant cormoran at once the giant knew who jack was and he was filled with joy at the thought that now he had the lad in his power he did not wait for jack to awaken but swung him upon his shoulder and made off with him through the forest now blunderbore was so tall that his shoulders were up among the branches as he strode along and the boughs whipped jack in the face and woke him from his sleep he was greatly amazed to find himself journeying along among the leaves on the giant's shoulder instead of resting quietly beside the fountain however he was not afraid i can do nothing at present thought he to himself but after a while the giant will put me down and then my wits will soon teach me a way to get the better of him.' The giant strode along without stop or stay, until at last he came to a great gloomy castle, and this was where he lived. He carried Jack in through the door into the castle, and up a flight of stone steps to a room that was directly over the outer doorway. Here he came to a halt, and threw Jack down upon a heap of straw in the corner lie there for a while my little giant killer cried he i have a brother who is not only bigger and stronger than i am but he has more wits as well i will go off and fetch him and after he gets here then we will decide what to do with you so saying the giant left the room and after locking the door behind him he made off across the hills in search of his brother no sooner was jack left alone than he began to examine the room he quickly noticed that the door of the castle was directly under his window in one corner of the room lay a great coil of rope jack took up this rope and made a slip noose in one end of it the noose he hung from the window the other end he passed over a great beam overhead then he sat down and waited for the monster to return he did not have long to wait soon he heard the giant and his brother talking and grumbling together as they came up the road to the castle he waited until they had reached the doorway and were directly under the window then he dropped the slip noose over both their heads quickly snatching up the other end of the rope he pulled with all his might and drew the two giants up into the air struggling and kicking he then leaned from the window and with his sword he cut off both their heads it did not take him long after that to slide down the rope and get the keys that hung from blunderbore's belt with these in his hand he re-entered the castle and went all through it unlocking door after door he opened the giant's treasure chamber and found it full of gold and silver and jewels and all sorts of precious stuffs that had been stolen from the people of the land for blunderbore was a great robber in the dungeons under the castle were many merchants and noblemen and fair ladies whom the giant had robbed and kept as prisoners when these people found that jack had come to free them and that he had killed the giant they were so glad and grateful that there was nothing they would not have done for the lad some of them wept for joy jack led them to the treasure chamber and bade them take all they could carry of the treasures that were there they would gladly have left it all for him but the lad would have none of it no no he said i have no need of riches and if i were loaded down with gold and silver i could not travel about so lightly as i do he bade the grateful people good-bye and journeyed on his way leaving them to find their own way home which no doubt they all did in good time by evening of the next day jack was well away from blunderbord's forest and just as he was wondering where he should find food and shelter for the night he came to a great house "'and saw a light shining from the windows. "'He knocked, and the door was opened to him by a giant with two heads. "'This giant was quite as wicked as either Cormoran or Blunderball, "'but he was very sly and cunning. "'Instead of seizing Jack and throwing him into a dungeon, "'he made him welcome. "'He set a hot supper before him, and talked with him pleasantly, "'and after a while he showed the lad to a room where he could sleep. "'But smiling and pleasant though the giant was,' jack did not trust him he felt sure the monster was planning some mischief so instead of going to bed after the giant left him he stole to the door of the room and listened he heard the giant striding up and down and presently heard him mutter to himself though here with me you lodge to night, you shall not see the morning light because i mean to kill you quite that you shall not thought jack to himself and if you think i am going to get into bed and lie there while you beat me with a cudgel you are mistaken he began to feel about the room and presently he found a great billet of wood this he laid in the bed in his place and drew the coverlet over it and then he hid in a corner of the room not long afterward the giant opened the door he crept over to the bed very quietly and felt where the billet of wood was lying under the covers. Then he took his club and beat it, until, if Jack had been lying there, he would certainly have been pounded to a jelly. After that the monster went back to his own bed well satisfied, and slept and snored. But what was his astonishment the next morning when Jack appeared brisk and smiling, and without so much as even a bruise upon him? Did did you sleep well last night? stammered the giant oh well enough answered jack but a rat must have run over the bed for i thought i felt him whisk his tail in my face once or twice i looked for him this morning but i could not find him so perhaps i dreamed it when the giant heard this he was frightened he thought jack must be a wonderful hero to stand such blows as his and scarcely feel them however he said no more and the two sat down to breakfast together the giant ate and drank as much as ten men but Jack had hidden a leather bag under his doublet and he kept slipping the food into this as fast as the giant set it before him. The monster wondered and wondered that such a small man could eat so much. After breakfast, Jack said, Now I will show you a trick, and if you cannot do the same thing, you will have to own that I am the better fellow of us two. To this the giant agreed. Jack then took a knife and ripped over the leather bag that was hidden under his doublet there he cried can you do the like the giant was amazed for he never guessed that it was only a bag that jack had cut open however he was not to be outdone. catching up a knife he ripped himself open and that was the end of him the world is well rid of another monster said jack and leaving the giant where he lay he set out in search of further adventures he had not gone far along the road when he met a young prince riding along without any attendants to follow him the prince was the son of the great king arthur of britain and he had left his father's court and ridden out into the world in search of a lovely lady who had been carried off by a magician this magician held her prisoner by his enchantments and it was to free her that the prince had ridden forth alone when jack learned who the prince was and the adventure he was bent on he begged to be allowed to go along as an attendant that is all very well said the prince but if you travel with me you will fare hard indeed i have given away all my money and i do not know where to find food or even a place to sleep do not let that trouble you said jack not far from here lives a three-headed giant he has a fine castle and a well-stocked larder only leave the matter to me, and I will arrange it so that you can spend the night there, and have a fine feast besides. At first the prince was very unwilling to agree to this. The adventure seemed to him a very dangerous one, but in the end Jack persuaded him to agree to it, and mounting on the prince's horse, he set out for the castle, leaving the prince to await him by the wayside. Jack rode briskly along, and it did not take him long t- to reach the castle, he knocked boldly at the door who is there called the giant from within it is your cousin jack and i bring you news answered jack the giant opened the door and looked out well cousin jack and what is the news you bring why the news was that a prince and his company intended to spend the night in the giant's castle and were even then almost at the door if the giant were wise he would flee away and leave the castle to the prince then after the prince and his company had gone the giant might safely return again But no the monster was not so easily to be scared out of his castle I can drive back five hundred men cried. He so why should I be afraid? Yes, but can you drive back two thousand asked Jack two thousand? two thousand, did you say why that was a different matter and if the prince were coming with two thousand men at his back then it was indeed time for the giant to hide away he then told jack where there was a secret chamber all made of iron there he would hide and he begged the lad to lock him in and not for any cause to unlock the door until the prince had gone this jack promised he locked the giant in the secret chamber and then he rode back to fetch his master that night jack and the prince feasted right merrily on the good things from the monster's larder and the next morning the prince rode on his way and jack unlocked the chamber door and let the giant out what a blockhead i am cried the monster as soon as he was free yonder in the corner lie the cap of darkness the cloak of wisdom and the sword of sharpness if i had only thought of putting on the cap no one would have seen me and i would not have had to hide in the secret chamber that is true answered jack but thanks to me you are safe at any rate and i think i should be rewarded he then asked the giant to give him the cap the cloak and the sword and out of gratitude the giant agreed right gladly they will be of more use to you than to me at any rate said the giant for when i need them most is the time when i forget all about them jack took the cap the cloak and the sword and thanked the giant for the gifts and at once set out after the prince whom he found waiting for him not far away they now journeyed on until they came to another castle where they hoped to spend the night here they were made welcome and bidden to feast with the noble lady who was the mistress there this lady was indeed the very one of whom the prince was in search but he did not know her and she did not know him because of the spell of enchantment that was upon her after the lady the prince and jack had feasted together the lady drew out a precious handkerchief and passed it over her lips "Tomorrow," morrow said she you shall tell me to whom i have given this handkerchief in the night if you cannot tell me this you shall never leave this castle alive the prince was greatly troubled when he heard these words but Jack made him have no fear he waited until the lady left them and then he put the cap of darkness on his head and followed her and she could not see him because of the cap she did not know that anyone followed her and she went out from the castle and along the path to the edge of a the wood there she was met by a tall dark man and because of the cloak of wisdom which he wore jack knew this man at once as a magician the lady gave him the handkerchief that is well said the magician tomorrow i will change this bold prince into another marble statue to adorn my hall as to his servant i will change him into a dog a fox or a deer as the fancy strikes me that you shall not cried jack and drawing the sword of sharpness he struck the magician's head from his shoulders with one blow at once the lady was freed from the enchantment and she looked about her like one wakening from a dream she did not know where she was or how she came to be there jack led her back to the castle and no sooner did the prince and she meet than they knew each other they were filled with joy and the prince made ready to take her back with him to his father's court he wished jack to come with him and promised that if he would should be made a great nobleman But to this the giant killer would not consent He still had work to do in his own country and he would never leave Wales until it was freed entirely from the pest of giants So the prince and his lady bade Jack farewell and rode away together while Jack set out in search of further adventures He had traveled a long distance and night was falling when he heard doleful cries sounding from a wood nearby a moment later a giant came breaking out from the wood dragging a knight and a lady with him He had captured them and was taking them with him to his cave Without a moment's pause Jack put on his cap of darkness and running up close to the giant He cut him down with one single blow of his sword The lady and the knight were amazed they had seen no one and yet the giant had suddenly fallen dead cleft through with a sword they were still more amazed when Jack lifted the cap from his head and appeared before them Then he explained to them who he was and how he had been able to kill the giant so strangely This is a wonderful story said the knight and you have saved us from worse than death He and his lady then begged Jack to come back with them to their castle and to this he agreed for he was weary with all his adventures When they reached the castle a great feast was made ready and jack was treated with the greatest honor he sat at the knight's right hand and all the best in the castle was none too good for him but while they were still in the midst of their feasting a messenger arrived in great haste his face was pale and his teeth chattered with fear what is it cried the knight what is the news you bring the giant the giant Thundel," cried the messenger he has heard that jack the giant killer is here and he is coming to destroy this castle and all who are in it, even the knight turned pale at this news, but Jack bade him have no fear. I had intended to set out in search of this giant, said he, but now he has saved me the trouble. He then asked the knight to send for a dozen stout workmen. This was done, and Jack at once led the workmen out to the bridge that crossed the moat and bade them cut the timbers almost through so that they would only bear the weight of one man or of two at most this bridge was the only way of entrance and unless the giant crossed it he could not get to the castle while the workmen were still busy over their task the giant appeared striding along toward the castle at once jack slipped on his cap of darkness and hurried out to meet him the giant could not see jack because of his cap of darkness but his sense of smell was very keen he stopped short and began to snuff around him like a hound fee fi fo fum! i smell the blood of an englishman be he alive or be he dead i'll grind his bones to make my bread cried the giant that is all very well said jack but first you will have to catch me he then jumped about from one side of the giant to the other here here i am he cried here to the right of you no to the left quick quick if you would catch me the giant turned first one way and then the other clutching at the empty air for jack was invisible and so was easily able to keep out of his reach at last the lad tired of the game he looked behind him and saw that the workmen had finished their task and had retreated to the castle he then caught the cap of darkness from his head and ran across the bridge now you miller giant who would grind my bones catch me if you can he cried the giant gave a bellow of rage and ran after jack who had already reached the other side the timbers held till the giant was in the middle of the bridge then with a great crash they gave way beneath him and down he fell into the moat and was drowned so jack saved the lives of the knight and his lady for the second time and freed the land of still another giant and Now came the most dangerous of all of Jack's adventures Gargantua was the greatest and most powerful of all the Giants and he was a magician as well He lived on the top of a high mountain and from there he will come down to rob and steal and carry off prisoners these prisoners he changed into various sorts of wild animals, and he kept them in the gardens that surrounded his palace. He carried off a duke's only daughter in this way, and had changed her into a doe. The duke had been in despair over the loss of his daughter, for she was his only child, and he loved her dearly. He promised that anyone who brought her back to him should have her for his bride, and because she was very beautiful many princes and brave heroes had gone in search of her but of them all none had ever returned it was this dangerous giant that jack determined to seek out and destroy he girded the sword of sharpness at his side and took his cap of darkness and his cloak of wisdom and set out he journeyed on and journeyed on and after a while he came to a high and rocky mountain and at the very top of it he could see a great castle with gardens around it and high walls Jack climbed up and over rock and briar stump and stone until he came to the gate of the garden There he stopped to put the cap of darkness on his head then he ventured in The gardens were very fine as he saw at once and many animals were grazing on the grass or resting in the shadows one of them a beautiful doe raised its head and looked towards him Then at once came over to him and rested its head on his arm and looked up at him with great dark eyes Jack was very much troubled by this he feared there was some enchantment about the place that made him visible in spite of his cap of Darkness However none of the other animals paid any attention to him so he hoped that it was only the doe that could see him he went on through the gardens until he came to the door of the castle and there hanging beside it was a golden horn and on the horn were these words whoever doth this trumpet blow shall soon the giant overthrow and break the black enchantment straight so all shall be in happy state jack raised the horn to his lips and blew a blast so loud and clear that the castle echoed with it at once a wonderful change came over the garden the doe beside him changed into a maiden more beautiful than any jack had ever dreamed of the wild animals became princes and heroes and noble ladies as for the castle itself it fell into ruins a great chasm yawned under it and into this chasm it crumbled with a dreadful noise carrying the giant with it then the ground closed over the ruins and not a single stone was left to mark the place where the castle had stood so ended the last of Jack's adventures and so perished the last and most wicked of all his giant foes From then on the land was at peace Jack was married to the beautiful maiden who had followed him as a doe and as she was the duke's daughter The poor lad became very rich and powerful He and the duke's daughter loved each other dearly and they lived in great happiness all their lives honored by everyone about them End of chapter 4